But somehow I passed the FBI exam, and so I feel like there must be some angel or entity out there that's kind of making people go like that. Yeah. Like, you don't see that. Yeah. You don't see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's a Netflix uh, story, John. That's a Netflix story. So, okay, so you are moving into the Mediterranean. You're passing through Tunisia, and you, you ended up in a scene where a film is being mm -hmm. produced, and you are going to be a part of this film. In the background, I was just a, a, oh, okay. a production, so you, film production crew. And you were photographing stuff. All the time. Movements, all the time. Yeah. Oh. Everywhere I went, I would look for scenes that showed the stage, uh, the wide stage of human interaction. Mm. And I looked for scenes. I was influenced by uh, some photographers, some of your audience may know, uh, the photography of Diane Arbus, who was okay. a very avant-garde photographer. Right. I was influenced by the paintings of Hieronymus Bosch which had these wide scenes with lots of details. Mm -hmm. I was influenced mm -hmm. by the films of Wim Wenders, um, who, who had a movie that came out, um, and uh, it was showing angels that were looking at the uh, people of Earth from above. Right. So all of these kind of came together. But the trip, to uh, which took place in the summer of 83, was mainly very spiritually rewarding to me. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I found all sorts of exciting things about myself. Right. And, you know, we didn't, didn't have uh, iPads, iPods, yeah, uh, anything like that. Um, so you, you spend a lot of time with yourself, and I read lots of books. I always bought books, and I read a lot of the classic books uh, at that time, mm -hmm. during that time. It was, so it was a great period of time of growth for me intellectually and spiritually. That's, that's amazing because uh, not many people can say that uh, they spent a lot of time with themselves learning about the human ways of how we behave, move, and interact with women, you know. Mm -hmm. So that, that's a very beautiful, that's like a blessing that you receive to be able to walk that path. You know, mm. to see things people are not seeing, and cut here it as well. What's happening, uh, so the U.S. Army and being a photographer for the U.S. Army, and uh, how is that coming into play? Okay, so I returned to Miami, and shortly thereafter I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Right. And uh, there I met my first wife, okay. Stacy, and uh, I got a job at the Art Institute of Atlanta as a teacher. I taught photojournalism and I taught video production. Uh, so I was settling down and this is before we I, we had our first uh, our, our daughter Danielle right uh, and I was living a very domesticated life and then I worked for an audiovisual company and then I got a corporate job <clears throat> and I found life was very boring. Right. Okay? Yeah. So I needed something to challenge me. Yes. Now here I am, I'm 29, almost 30 years old by this time. Right. And I thought, what's the one thing that I could do to really prove, A, that uh, vegetarians 
have energy because back then being a vegetarian people said oh you're gonna, you're gonna run out of energy mm -hmm. you're gonna be unhealthy you're gonna be weak even my father he uh, made fun of my diet right. and then also that I could challenge myself and also uh, learn about a culture which I knew nothing about mm -hmm. the military okay so now my great grand I mean my grandfather was in World War One and fought in World War One my father fought in World War Two and I hadn't done anything military. I'm a pacifist, but right. fortunately, even though this was the Reagan era, there was no wars going on. So I thought, I'll join the Army and then the Army Reserves. Okay. And that way I could keep my corporate job and yes. still do the weekend drills and the annual bivouacs. And so I, uh, at the age of almost 30, I was shipped off to Fort Jackson Okay. And I did my two months of basic training, and I survived it. I had a lot of challenges, but I grew in a lot of ways. I learned about the military side of the world, which I was horrified to find was very misogynistic. Even wow. even then, you know, this is after feminism. Hmm. The misogyny and the uh, racism, there were neo-Nazis there. Mm. And I was just really amazed. But uh, I, I've always said that if you want to criticize anything, you need to go inside and learn about it first. Of course, yes. You can't just yes. say, oh, there's something that looks like yeah, that. Yeah, you have no idea how yeah. it works. And yeah, yeah. So I learned from the inside about the military. Mm -hmm. uh, I did that for four years, and then uh, Operation Desert Storm came up with mm -hmm. uh, Arnold, uh, no, it's Arnold, uh, Schwar Schwarzkopf, General Schwarzkopf, uh, called up all of the uh, reservists, and I put my name on the list. I said, I want to get this devil, Saddam Hussein. Right. I want to help get him because I thought he was really the, atrocious what he did to the people of his country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I put my name on the list to be called up, but they never got to my name in our unit in uh, Fort Gillum. Florida uh, or Georgia, our unit was assigned to Latin America anyway. Right. So, anyway, uh, that was fortunate. I've never seen any actual war. I've never been involved in any battles, but I learned a lot about the military. And mm -hmm. so, and then uh, my daughter was born, Danielle, and I really found that I had to do a lot more parenting. It was very difficult for me to do the military thing. So after yes. four years. Uh, I asked to be put on the individual ready reserve for two years and then I left the military. But that's the whole military side Experience. of my life. I right. did that, it's done, and I have an insight. Yes, yes. Uh, and of course you are now moving closer and closer to John's voice uh, coming into reality, which is the human pulse. That's yeah. closer. Exactly. Uh, when did you discover, I mean, like the name, the human pulse? I mean, how did that come to you to title, mm -hmm. you know, your exhibit that is currently here at the uh, Chelsea Arts Center? That's a beautiful title, the human pulse. How did you, you know, because you're parenting, mm -hmm. right? and now you're moving into that side of you know, this is John Elliott, you know. Yeah, so I wanted uh, to encapsulate and uh, put some sort of a cover over my work, my opus, 
and humanity was there. So human, humanity. Yes. And then these, I wanted to show the pulsations. Now that you've got your pulse in, in your individual body, yes. but you've also got the Gaia pulse, the mm -hmm. pulse of humanity, the pulse of the planet. Yes. All of that is really attractive to me. Um, and I can't really say exactly where I got the, the phrase. You know, it must have come to me probably when I was dozing off or something. Right, <laughs> right. But um, I worked on that when I returned, uh, when I was in uh, Atlanta area. And I was blessed with the opportunity to have a one-man show mm. at Callenwald Fine Arts Museum. Right. I was selected for a one-person, a one-man one show there. And that's the first time that the Human Pulse was ever... Uh, shown right. as as a body of work. And what was it called? The human pulse. Yes, uh -huh. okay. I called it the human pulse. Mm. And so that was a huge uh, stroke of luck, I guess, or a miracle almost right. that somebody who was not really established could show at this museum, which was very. It's still around. It's a very well established museum. Uh, highly recognized and so I was able to get that opportunity for I guess it was about six weeks my work was up and so that propelled me to continue and I probably would have continued anyway but it gave me a, a little more impetus of course a little more uh, drive a little bit more yeah a little mm -hmm. bit more drive yeah to yeah. to do that more and uh, so I uh, lived in Atlanta and I was became a single parent at that time and um, helped my daughter get through school, high school, and then took her to Vanderbilt University where she studied music. I wanna, and, let me cut you right there because uh -huh. what, is, what, is, what you just said there is brilliant to, to, to focus on because your mom was taking you to Ohio uh -huh. Now you are taking your daughter. You see, mm -hmm. that's a beautiful um, scenario mm -hmm. that is unfolding because the support from your mom, mm -hmm. your dad was not, you know, fulfilling that role. But here it is, you are now the dad fulfilling the role of what your dad should have done right. with your daughter. That's amazing. Yeah, I just right. wanted to kind of touch on that yeah. a little bit, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. It's kind of like a mirroring, but yeah. I always, my mother always said, uh, your father's a good example of what not to be. Right. And right. so I took that to heart, and I really tried to be as involved as possible in mm -hmm. my mm -hmm. daughter, mm -hmm. and now I have another daughter. I'm very involved yes. in her life, just the same way. Um, and... Uh, so, so Daniel is moving into you. You taking yeah. Daniel into, and then I felt unfettered and, and and I had more wings. I didn't have to take her to school and pick her up every day. Right. And so I was looking for something else to do. Mm -hmm. And now I had started uh, when I was in the corporate career after the army. I had another corporate job with a Fortune 500 company right. as a media production manager, and then I started my own advertising agency oh okay. and I ran that for 18 years what was it called Millennium Communications okay Millennium and I opened it in 1994 and people said what's Millennium you right. know yeah. a lot of people didn't know what it was I had to learn how to spell it but <laughs> yeah I knew I wanted it to be forward-thinking and I was able to uh, use in that advertising agency I was able to use the full spectrum mm -hmm. skill set 
Uh, I did photography, I did graphic design, I did video production, uh, I even did, created uh, trade show displays, wow, okay. and I did that for 18 years, and uh, all the time I'm raising my daughter, and then she goes off to college, and I felt like I needed to uh, change. Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time, the 2008 economic recession started, and a lot of my clients started disappearing. We, oh, I had a partnership. And we, and seven partners, we all realized that we really needed to scramble hmm. to make a living. It wasn't easy street like it was yes. before. So uh, I started looking for another career. And now at this time, I was, I've always been very interested in trivia. Right. Okay. So I would go, I would watch uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, right? Right. And, um. Uh, and then I started traveling and I went to uh, Europe and I came back through New York City and I, I tried to get on the show. Oh. I took their test and I missed being on their show by one answer. But the, point, the reason why this is important is that I was growing my knowledge, my general knowledge about everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I saw this ad for the Foreign Service. Mm. with the State Department. Right. And I said, uh, and I saw they have a written test and you could go to the, uh, some of the cities, they had these centers where you could go and take the test that was proctored. And I said, oh, that'll be interesting. I'll take the test, you know, right. just see what, how I do, how I stack yeah. up with all these uh, smarty pants. <laughs> and I went down without studying or anything. I took the test. And a couple weeks later, I, I got this letter, you have passed the test. Wow. Now you get to go to the second of the three battery of tests. Mm. So then I started thinking seriously, you know, I got to really study for the next part. Yes. And that was a written exam, and that was all sorts of analysis of your writing skills and your knowledge of the State Department and all that. And somehow I passed that level. Right. And then, so uh, after nine months, this is in uh, the year 2010, after nine months from when I took the written test, I was invited to the oral exams, which is an all-day series of tests where you go into a room and you're interviewed and then you go into another room and you're surrounded by other candidates and you have to interact with them in a group setting and have a meeting and mm. show your leadership skills and all sorts of things. Now, all of this time, I'm thinking, you know, this is just fun. You know, right, this is another it? adventure and yes. see how far I get. <laughs> but um, so there were uh, 18 of us in, in, who started in, in that exam building. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, uh, we were all 18 in there and they started calling people out and I, they didn't call my name. Oh. So I was like, darn, you know, I didn't get it. And it was just me and three other people left in the room. Oh. And they invited us three into a, another room, and they had these little packages. And they said, the, the woman said, I'm sorry that you came all this way to take this exam and to study so hard. Now I have something to tell you. You are given a contract to be a Foreign Service officer, just you three. So the ones that names were called were the ones they assumed or they... They were given oh, the bye-bye. They were given the bye-bye. Yeah. And so this is just... And you were thinking you were given the bye-bye yeah. they didn't call your name. So I had a contract there at the end of 2010 
I had to go through a battery of exams with the FBI, and they came over and camped out in my house. They interviewed all my neighbors. They, I had to get testimonials, and even an old college professor, my uh, North African history college professor, gave some testimonial about me to the FBI. Mm. Now, I didn't think I was going to pass the FBI because I had been arrested at an animal rights rally oh, okay. the, uh, a couple years before that, right. where I was demonstrating at Emory University, which is uh, one of the worst offenders for abusing animals. And so I was arrested. I had an arrest record. Now, it was expunged, right? Uh, but I didn't think that they were going to let me join the, yes, uh, this, where I had to get top secret clearance and all that stuff. Right. But somehow I passed the FBI exam, and so I feel like there's must be some angel or entity out there that's kind of making people go like that. Yeah. Like, you don't see that. Yeah. You don't see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>